unspeakable horror in Nashville, Tennessee, after a transgender-identified shooter killed three children and three adults at a private Christian school. And while the nightmarish reality of what happened is difficult to process, the reaction by many to the outrage was bizarre beyond belief. Prime amongst them, the President of the United States, who preceded his words about the tragedy by going on a weird rambling tangent about chocolate chip ice cream. My name is Joe Biden. <laughs> I'm Dr. Joe Biden's husband. <laughs> and I ate Jenny's ice cream, chocolate chip. I came down because I heard there was chocolate chip ice cream. By the way, I have a whole refrigerator full upstairs. You think I'm kidding? I'm not. The real outrage, though, according to some, was that the psychotic, depraved child killer's pronouns had been disrespected. Five times CNN misgendered. No correction. A mass shooting is horrible. Misgendering does not make anything better. I mean, I know Karens are notorious for complaining about trivial things, but complaining about a mass shooter's feelings being hurt. Truly. Beyond the pale. She wasn't finished. Update. It seems like maybe there's plenty of confusion about whether or not the shooter is a transgender man or woman. And finding out that the police there don't know how to use the right words does not shock me. But mixing genders in the same story is still a problem. Yeah, so grieving parents have just lost their infant children. But your overriding concern is that police remain politically correct in respecting the memory of the killer. Many responded with this Norm MacDonald bit about ISIS detonating a nuclear device that kills 50 million Americans and then People on Twitter worrying about Islamophobia and just like clockwork. Who police say identifies as transgender. That news has already prompted some attacks against the trans community. I am concerned about how um, opposition and people who are uh, anti-trans will try to spin this. Concern about tweets like this from GOP Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. But not to be outdone, this galaxy brain chimed in. Another day, another mass shooting. The shooter has been identified by his dead name. It appears he used he, him pronouns and was a former student of the school. Of course, MSM and the LEOs discussing the issue and misgendering the murderer. I'm sad and angry on so many levels. You're sad and angry on so many levels. And one of those levels is being mad at the crazed murderer being dead named. No mention of the dead kids. Someone violated your demented language police rules and that's why you're sad and angry. And it wasn't just alphabet individuals responding like this. The Transgender Resistance Network released an entire statement arguing that there were two tragedies yesterday. One being the shooting, the other being the shooter's life being made difficult by anti-trans legislation and right-wing personalities. Oh, will someone think of the poor mass murderer who just shot up the elementary school. What on earth is wrong with you? This whole thing reads like a justification of an Islamic terror attack. Hate has consequences. The consequences being three murdered children. The whole statement attempts to justify the consequences. Then lo and behold, we remind the news media to respect the self-identified pronouns of transgender individuals, including the killer who identified as he, him. I identify as trans. If you don't accept that, then you're a bigot, sure. The shooter identified as trans Gender doesn't matter. Yeah, don't expect the gun control debate to advance much further either. For their part, the media scrambled to cover the story while not knowing which pitfall to avoid. Describe the shooter as a man, satiating the trans activists but acknowledging that the culprit was a transgender. Or try to bury the transgender aspect of the story entirely by referring to the killer as her biological gender 
but then upsetting the trans activists. The result was a garbled mess. BBC News confusion about gender identity of shooter. The New York Times appeared to apologise on behalf of Nashville authorities for referring to the killer, a biological woman, as she, her, which was seemingly an effort to distract from the fact that the NYT itself had initially described the shooter as a woman. USA Today also scolded officials for initially misidentifying the gender of the shooter, while Newsweek chose to avoid the quagmire altogether by simply blaming guns, bans on drag queen shows and gender-affirming care. Note how in that instance they're both teasing the killer's motive. A violent backlash against a bill passed in Tennessee earlier this month which bans puberty blockers and hormone treatments being given to children. A completely reasonable measure. As well as restrictions on adult-oriented drag shows taking place on public property. But then in the same sentence almost attempting to justify that motive. Truly sick stuff. ABC News anchor Terry Moran was also accused of doing something similar. Audrey Hale was a identified herself as a transgender person. Uh, state of Tennessee earlier this month passed and the governor signed a bill that banned transgender medical care for minors as well as uh, a law that prohibited adult entertainment including male and female impersonators after a series of drag show controversies in that state. A Washington Post contributor even thanked some ghoul who said they understood the outrage of the shooter for targeting a religious indoctrination center. Another journalist appeared to suggest the Daily Wire bore some responsibility. It was an absolute shit show across the board. And no, I'm not going to resort to crass political point scoring like the left does whenever an individual from a group that they hate, white people, Christians, men in general, does something outrageous. You've got to ask serious questions when a group that represents such a tiny fraction of the population seems to be more and more susceptible to radicalization than ever before. We saw the appalling treatment that trans activists dished out to Posey Parker in New Zealand, a British woman who for the crime of saying a woman is an adult female was harassed, mobbed and assaulted in a frenzied attack during which Parker said she feared for her life. <laughs> That mob had behaved similarly under the guise of advancing a right-wing political agenda. You really don't need me to tell you what the media narrative would have been. If you'd like to donate to the families of the victims of this horrendous event, I'll leave a link below. A horrific shooting in Nashville leaves three little kids and three adults dead. The victims were students and teachers at a Christian school. The shooter was a 28-year-old woman who identified as a transgender man. We don't know much about the shooter's motives, but that has not stopped people, particularly liberals, from reading from their perennial script to blame guns and the Second Amendment for the evil actions of criminals. More information is coming to light by the hour, and we will get into a lot of it today. But even if we didn't know anything at all about this shooter, we would know that the fault could not lie with the Second Amendment and guns, guns which have been around for about a thousand years. Guns have become more lethal since the 11th century when they were invented. There's no question about that. But guns actually have not become all that much more lethal. They have not changed all that much over the past century. Machine guns were invented in the 1880s. The Tommy gun was invented in 1918. Those guns are much deadlier than anything ordinary civilians can get their hands on today. No, 
Over the past 100 years, guns have not changed much at all. Our conceptions of mental health, on the other hand, and spiritual reality and political institutions have all transformed almost beyond recognition. But very few people in power are willing to admit that. It's much easier to point fingers implausibly at the NRA or whatever. Much easier and much more dangerous. Our reckless and negligent rulers get off the hook. The root causes of our social rot remain unaddressed. And we all just wait for the next predictable tragedy. What do we know about this shooting? Uh, the, the police chief came out yesterday, some hours after the shooting, which is right here. I mean, we, Daily Wire is in Nashville. Nashville's not a very big town. And so obviously we were tracking this very, very closely here. Here's what the police chief had to say. Our investigations tell us that she was a former student uh, at the school. I don't know what grade she's attended or grades, but we do uh, firmly believe she was a student there. Did she identify as transgender? She does uh, identify as transgender, yes. And no motive at this point? Uh, anything discovered in the apartment or house? No, we have a manifesto. We have some writings that we're going over uh, that uh, pertain to this day, the actual incident. We have a map drawn out of how this was all going to take place. Uh, there's right now a theory of that's, that we may be able to talk about later, but it's not confirmed. And so we'll, we'll put that out as soon as we can. Is there any reason to believe that how she identifies uh, I'm sorry, I knocked someone's mic over. I didn't hear you say that again, sir. Is there any reason to believe that how she identifies is, has any motive for targeting the school? Uh, we can give you that at a later time. There is uh, some theory to that. We're investigating all the leads, and once we know exactly, we'll let you know. So th th there you have it. You never want to jump to conclusions in any of these tragedies. There's so many, especially the libs, but, but everybody feels some impulse to uh, react to any tragic political event and impose their political vision on it. So the libs always do this with the guns, totally implausibly. And uh, but the conservatives here, when they heard that it, it was a woman or was it a man or it was this name or it was that name, Daily Wire has a rule generally, which is we don't name shooters in these situations because we don't want to give them glory and we don't want to encourage others. Uh, there is an exception to that rule in this case because the name and the way that naming works is actually a central part of this story. When the news first broke, we were told it was a young woman. Then we were told it was a young man. Then we were told that it was a person named Audrey. Then we were told it was a person named Aiden. And it became clear very, very quickly that this is a transgender identifying person. So what does a transgender identifying person mean? Does that mean a man who's pretending to be a woman? Does that mean a woman pretending to be a man? Does that mean a woman who's pumped full of testosterone? Does that mean a woman who just says that she's, we just, we just didn't know. It's, it's now become clear that obviously this person had lots of identity problems. And the police chief is saying, yes, one of the theories here that we're pursuing that seems quite plausible, if not likely, is that transgender identity was a motivating factor here. So, so the police chief then goes on for what we know. We know that there are this was targeted at this Christian school. We know that this person attended the Christian school, but must have attended that Christian school like 20 years ago. She's 28 years old. What else do we know? 
It was. Do we know about a history of mental man or woman? Don't know any history of mental illness uh, at this time. But Put we a pause are right there. At that. Uh, we're not allowed to say anything on YouTube anymore. Let, let's just recount what what the police chief said. The police chief said this is a woman who thinks that she's a man. Followed by, yeah, we have no evidence of mental illness at this time. Hmm. Not quite sure how to make sense of those two statements next to one another. Keep going. The investigation is ongoing, and I'm sorry. She identifies a transgender man or woman? Uh, woman. Was this the only school that was targeted? Put a pause there. I, I assume the police chief just being a, a normal person just misspoke here because this issue is so preposterous. But the question was, is this a transgender man or a transgender woman? And what's confusing about this statement is if, if you're a transgender man, that means you're really a woman. And if you're a transgender transgender woman, that means you're really a man. So he answered and he said, uh, this person identifies as a transgender woman, which would mean that she's really a man. But uh, it would appear from all the available evidence, no, she's really a woman who, who identified as a man. Keep going. It was the only school that was targeted. Uh, there was another location that was mentioned, uh, but because of a uh, threat assessment by the suspect, uh, too much security, they decided not to. And that area was here in Nashville, so we're continuing with that investigation as well. So th this last part, not surprising at all. These These would-be shooters always look for soft targets. So if there's a location where people are armed, where there's a reasonable expectation that people might be armed, where there's professional security, you, you're just not going to look at those places if you're attempting to commit one of these atrocities. So there was another location. There's a manifesto. We don't have any of that yet. We'll stay tuned. What are the common threads here? People People are saying this is so unusual because the shooters are usually these lonely white guys, school shooters. And it's a little more complicated than that if you include gang-related school shootings. or if you, but, but there are common threads here. And, and I, I never really thought the common threads are it's white people or it's boys or it's the, this or it's that. What are the common threads? History of mental illness, common threads are social isolation, common threads are uh, psychiatric drugs in many cases, not in all cases, obviously, but in many cases. The common threads are broken families. We don't know anything about this woman's family now. Maybe this woman's family is totally fine. We just don't know. And this happens again and again and again. This happened not that long ago. A Colorado, also transgender identifying teenager, uh, shot up a Denver area charter school uh, pretty recently, left one student dead and eight others wounded. And the, the curious timing of this attack is that it coincides within a few days of a planned national event called the Trans Day of Vengeance. According to a national group contacted at Our Rights DC, April 1st will be the Trans Day of Vengeance to stop the transgenocide, allegedly. What is the transgenocide? A hallucination of people who don't have a very good grip on reality. What is the transgenocide, quote unquote? The transgenocide 
is a fable made up by disturbed people to justify violence against conservatives and Christians and normal people who understand that men and women are different and don't think that we should let men enter into the women's locker room and strip down naked. So the Trans Day of Vengeance is supposed to take place in Washington, D.C., though uh, some of the people who are uh, supporting this have suggested that the Trans Day of Vengeance take place outside of Daily Wire headquarters, take place in Nashville. Uh, The group is run not just by completely fringe lunatics, Well, they might also be fringe lunatics, but some of them have had mainstream jobs. The group is run in part by a former Democrat staffer, uh, Bo Bellotti, the trans national recruitment director. He's a former staffer for Virginia Democrats. Uh, They've raised money specifically for firearms training. They've called for direct action in Nashville. Trans Day of Vengeance. Not the Trans Day of Justice. Not the Day of Justice for everybody. Justice is when you give to people that which they deserve. Vengeance is not that. Vengeance is when you personally take retribution for a a personal slight, perceived or otherwise. And it reminds me of an old proverb that people variously attribute to all sorts of thinkers, and no one really seems to know where the proverb comes from, but it's a good one. That is, when you set out for vengeance, dig two graves. Dig two graves. Dig a grave for the person you want to get vengeance on, and dig a grave for yourself, because that's how it's going to turn out. Certainly how it turned out yesterday. It's how it always turns out, though, in the long run. Because either the quest for vengeance to aggrieve, to, to get retribution for a slight, real or perceived, will either result in you being killed or being jailed, or it will d- result in the destruction of your soul. Because vengeance is... Mine, saith the Lord. So do not take vengeance. This is from Deuteronomy. This is from letter of St. Paul. Do not take vengeance. We want to take vengeance all the time. And we, we can't do that. We can't do that because it's very bad for our souls. It's very bad for society. We have a civil authority to exact justice. And people feel really justified in their own personal vengeance, and they feel really angry. Jeffrey Marsh, who is this uh, transgender-identifying social media person who who speaks directly to children and asks little children to message him so they can talk about sex together. Jeffrey Marsh said that uh, transgender-identifying people should be really angry. Channel that anger. Everybody should be really angry. You only hear this from disturbed people, generally on the left. If you are channeling your anger, not your sense of justice, not your political action to transform the civil authority to enact justice in a more perfect way. But if you're saying we're going to go out there when you get vengeance, you're almost certainly on the wrong side of things. It's a line from my friend Andrew Clavin who says that anger is the devil's cocaine. And it is. And it is. And what, what do we know about all of this? We don't know the specific drugs that this person may or may not have been on. We don't know the psychiatric help that this person may or may not, almost certainly did not receive. We do not know the nature of the person's family or community or hatred of Christianity, perhaps, if it's targeting a Christian school. We don't know any of that. We do know that this stuff is demonic. We do know that because we strive 
against not flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. And when ideas pervade the culture that convince you to deny reality and to pursue fantasy, and the deeper one that you pursue fantasy, the more angry you should become. And you will become because when we live according to lies, we become very frustrated because the reality doesn't match up with what's in our minds. That is demonic. That's all. That's all that is. The uh, so-called trans resistance network. I want to read this to you. This is a a group of trans activists, and uh, this is the statement they put out. And it appears that this statement is real. Now, I I couldn't independently confirm it because uh, this group has shut down their Twitter. They've they've locked up their Twitter page. Um, and so you can't you can't go to their Twitter page to see it. But this is apparently a screenshot from their Twitter page. You can't go to their Twitter page to confirm it because they've they've locked it down. Which seems to be pretty good confirmation that it's real. Because if it wasn't, they would unlock the Twitter page and tell everyone, hey, by the way, that thing's not real. Instead, they've locked it down. They've gone into hiding basically on cyberspace anyway. So this is what the uh, this is what the statement says. The trans resistant network resistance network has been notified the shooter involved in today's church school shooting in Nashville was a person identifying as transgender known from online profiles as Aiden or Aubrey Hale. It's actually Audrey. While it is not our policy to engage publicly with news media, we believe this moment calls for thoughtful response from our collective. We point out that today's incident in Nashville, Tennessee is not one tragedy, but two. The first tragedy today is the loss of life of three children and adults. We extend our deepest sympathies and heartfelt prayers to those families dealing with loss of loved ones. There is nothing we can offer that will comfort the hurt or ease the sorrow. We mourn with you. The second and more complex tragedy is that Aiden or Aubrey Hale, who who felt he had no other effective way to be seen than to lash out by taking the life of others and by consequence himself. We do not claim to know the individual or have access to their inner thoughts and feelings. We do know that life for transgender people is very difficult and made more difficult in preceding months by a virtual avalanche of anti-trans legislation and public call-outs by right-wing personalities and political figures for nothing less than the genocidal eradication of trans people from society. Many transgender people deal with anxiety, depression, thoughts of suicide, PTSD from the near constant drumbeat of anti-trans hate, lack of acceptance from family members and certain religious institutions, denial of our existence and call for detransition and forced conversion. And on and on and on. I can't even keep reading this tripe. Here we have it from a group of trans activists laid out explicitly clear that Audrey Hale, the demonic monster who murdered children, not to mention three adults who are also innocent victims in this, who murdered six people, is, uh, is one of the victims here because she felt bad. Society made her feel bad. Well, I, I, I'll tell you one thing. Um, I don't give a damn how this person felt. Okay, I don't care that her, her feelings were hurt. I don't care that she was suffering. I hope she suffered. I hope she suffered a lot in her final moments. That's what I hope. That's how we're supposed to feel about monsters who murder children. Oh, she felt bad. Good. She feels bad now, burning in hell also. And I'm glad for that because it's justice. 
Now, here's another thought, too. Um, not that this is even something that we, that we need to, to engage with, but uh, you know, as much as we hear about how trans people are so devastated and, uh, and, and you know, in, in, in such bad shape, uh, uh, you know, psychologically because of uh, not being affirmed by society and all that, this is what we hear, who's suffering so much uh, emotionally, psychologically because of not being affirmed. We hear this. Um, meanwhile, all of our major institutions in society are bending over backwards every second of every day to suck up to this group of people, affirm them, make them feel good. And so maybe we should stop to consider that, first of all, if you're in a position where you need everyone in society to agree with you and affirm you and, and uh, you know, prop up your, your self-perception and all, if you need everyone to the point where you could have all of the major institutions constantly celebrating you, constant parades, flags waving, you're great, you're special, and you can have all of that, and yet you hear a few voices saying, I don't agree with that, and that like destroys you. Maybe there are some issues, some deeper issues going on. Okay. Maybe it's not the fault of those few voices who are, um, who are uh, presenting a counter-argument from everything we hear from all the major institutions. Just a thought. At the top of the show, what I want to bumper in for you guys right now are just some of the most horrific takes on this situation that are on the internet right now. I am infuriated. It is very difficult for me to get through this without swearing because I'm actually that angry at what some people thought was necessary to say at first before they even acknowledged the deaths of these young students, nine years old, three nine-year-olds were shot and gunned down, and yet the left is playing politics and going after people who don't support the transgender. So essentially what they felt was necessary to do was to defend the criminal because the criminal obviously is somebody that is transgendered and therefore that information that person should be afforded some protection for their absolutely heinous and horrific actions so first and foremost this person is a writer for the new york times a writer for the washington post a writer for the guardian uh he also graduated from columbia so this is a really smart guy that you should definitely be listening to he also works with nbc his name is Benjamin Ryan, and he wrote this on Twitter. This was immediately following learning the details about who had committed this crime. Benjamin wrote, NBC has ID'd the Nashville school shooter as Audrey Hale, 28, who identifies as transgender and had no previous criminal record. Nashville is home to the Daily Wire, a hub of anti-trans activity by Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, and Michael Knowles. The thread went on before he deleted it. So let's just let's just talk about what the person is implying there. What this individual, Benjamin Ryan, is implying is that the shooting took place because of those people at the Daily Wire who also live in Nashville who are against the mutilation of children's bodies. What he's essentially doing is providing an excuse. He is saying that Audrey Hale had some right to this because of anti-trans, I'm using air quotations here, anti-trans people over the Daily Wire 
who won't allow us to simply allow these children to receive hormones, which chemically castrate pedophiles. They won't allow us to experiment on children's bodies. They won't allow us to play Frankenstein on children's bodies. And so there, what you have is an excuse for the psychopath who murdered children and three adults. This person is sick. This person is twisted. In a sane world, he would lose everything with one tweet. His career would be over. That's not going to happen because, as I said, he writes for the New York Times and the Washington Post. And this is how these sick people think. Think that's enough? Let's talk about anti-Christian bigotry that's taking place. Well, we found out the children, the nine-year-olds that were shot to death at an elementary school were Christian. So this was a good opportunity for David Pakman to issue this tweet. He wrote, very surprising that there would be a mass shooting at a Christian school, given that lack of prayer is often blamed for these horrible events. Is it possible they weren't praying enough or correctly despite being a Christian school? I have no words for the hatred that I am feeling in this moment for this individual. I have no words for David Pakman. Could you imagine waking up and learning that nine-year-olds had been slaughtered and shot? And what you think the right thing to do is to make a joke about the facts that they're also Christians and they pray. And maybe they just weren't praying the right way at this Christian school. David Pakman does not have a soul. He doesn't have a soul. And if you think that he was embarrassed about this tweet, well, he did take it down. But here's why he took it down. Because he's the victim. He tweeted, all right, too many anti-Semitic attacks and threats to my family. I've deleted the tweets. Yeah, you guys, you're actually in the wrong for noticing how sick and how sinister and how soulless he is. So now he's going to hide behind the fact that he's Jewish. He didn't produce any of these anti-Semitic tweets that he allegedly received. He's just going to delete the tweet so he doesn't have to deal with any consequences for his immoral behavior online. I thought I had seen it all until I learned that the Trans Resistance Network released a statement. I'm not sure what the Trans Resistance Network is, nor do I care. I don't know what they think they are, how they think they are serving the world. But they issued a statement and they have a locked account on Twitter. Somebody pulled the statement because they were so horrified as one of the followers of this account and they shared it. The statement that they issued regarding the student in Nashville. The Trans Resistance Network has been notified the shooter involved in today's church school shooting in Nashville, Tennessee, was a person identifying as transgender, known from online profiles as Aiden or Audrey Hale, he, him. While it is not our policy to engage publicly with news media, we believe that this moment calls for a thoughtful response from our collective. We point out that today's incident in Nashville, Tennessee, is not one tragedy, but two. The first tragedy today is the loss of life of three children and adults. I want to pause here and say that that is the only tragedy that took place yesterday, but not according to the trans network. They go on and say the second and more complex tragedy is that Aiden or Aubrey Hale, who felt he had no other effective way to be seen than to lash out by taking the life of others and by consequence himself. We do not claim to know the individual or have access to their inner thoughts and feelings. We do know that life for transgender people is very difficult and made more difficult in the preceding months by a virtual avalanche of anti-trans legislation 
and public callouts by right-wing personalities and political figures for nothing less than the genocidal eradication of trans people from society. Many transgender people deal with anxiety, depression, thoughts of suicide, and PTSD from the near constant drumbeat of anti-trans hate, lack of acceptance from family members and certain religious institutions, denial of our existence, and calls calls for detransition and forced conversion. All of these factors contribute. I'm just going to stop there because it just goes on and on and on. Essentially, two lines dedicated to the nine-year-olds who were killed and murdered by a transgender individual, followed by five paragraphs dedicating to making the world understand that it wasn't Audrey Hale's fault. It wasn't Audrey Hale's fault that she packed up two assault rifles and a handgun and shot through an elementary school door and slaughtered three nine-year-olds plus three adults that were in their 60s. It wasn't Audrey Hale's fault. It's your fault. It's my fault. Because we won't give them a carte blanche to do this to insert hormones into the bodies of prepubescent children. If only we allowed these adults access to children, then they wouldn't have to become homicidal psychopaths. Do you get it yet? It's your fault, not theirs. It's your fault and it's my fault and it's Matt Walsh's fault. It's the Daily Wire's fault. Because if only you would allow evil to take place unchecked, if only, then they wouldn't have to revert to homicidal, psychopathic tendencies. I have no words. I am furious. I am angry. These people are broken. These people are sick. These people are perverted, okay? That their mind works like this after children die is a symptom of something going on in this society and that it is a symptom of popular mental illness. That is what is taking place. We have mainstreamed mental illness. We have said it's okay to be not okay. And now people aspire to be not okay. And they sneer at people who are okay. It's wrong to be normal. So you guys need to understand Audrey Hale and how Audrey Hale might have felt and how it led to this moment. Now let's not talk about the victims, says these sick individuals. Let's instead highlight the people who won't allow them to go out in the world and be sick individuals and pursue our children. I think you guys have probably seen the news already, so I don't really need to introduce this topic, but I'll give you a bit of a backstory. There was a shooting yesterday in Nashville at a private Christian school in Green Hills, which is one of our neighborhoods. It was called the Covenant School, and it was a school that was part of the Covenant Presbyterian Church, which is in Green Hills. Three children, all of whom were nine, and three adults in their 60s were killed. And yesterday, as all of the news was coming out, I stayed pretty quiet. And I posted this on my Instagram story early this morning as I was working on this episode. But it is very odd to be in a public position where people expect you and want you to comment on things right away and have an opinion on something right away. And I just did not feel comfortable doing that, even as other people, you know, in my circle were posting and commenting on it. I just did not have all the facts. I wasn't sure what I wanted to communicate. I didn't want people to think that I was just commenting on it because everybody else was. I didn't want to just post another infographic of like, let's all pray. It's just like, it felt very, very weird to me because I know that I have so many eyes on me, but then I saw a lot of DMs of what are you going to say? What do you think? And so anyway, I just want you all to know I was thinking about it yesterday. These families were in my thoughts and prayers and I really wanted to make sure I was very clear about what I communicated about this tragedy. And it is a tragedy. There's no other way to spin it. Now, this is an event that quite literally 
hits close to home. This happened very close to all of us in Nashville. Nashville is not really a big city. Everything is pretty tightly knit. Just in the past 24 hours, I've realized that, you know, I know about six different people who all knew somebody who was impacted by this. I know somebody whose next door neighbor's daughter died. I, like, it's, it's very, very small. It's very, very tight knit. But like I said, I chose to stay quiet yesterday and focus on the families who are receiving unbearable news, the worst news that a family could ever receive I obviously have not experienced a shooting, but my brother did pass away at school. I watched my family rush to a school to find his body. It is the worst thing that, you know, a parent that a family could ever experience. I would not wish that on anybody. And the fact that there are, you know, three families, six families in this community that are dealing with that right now is just it's awful, it's tragic, it is heartbreaking. And to be honest, I wasn't even planning on doing an episode about this. I didn't really want to capitalize on it. I didn't want to speak on something that I really didn't know a lot about. There weren't a lot of facts out there. I just wanted to give it time. But in the 24 hours since this happened, we have a lot more information and I feel a bit more comfortable speaking about this. And last night on Twitter, I was reading some people's responses to this tragedy and I just, I would be remiss not to highlight them. And that's kind of what I want to focus on today because I just want to show you all what we're dealing with and what we live amongst. Now, normally at The Daily Wire, and I want to give this as a disclosure, normally here, we do not share the name or the photo of any shooter. We do not want to give them the fame and attention that they are usually trying to achieve by doing one of these heinous acts. However, in this case, the name and the identity of the shooter is arguably quite important, and it seems like she might have had a different motivation than just trying to get fame. The authorities are reporting that this was a more targeted attack at the school. We now know that the shooter's name is Audrey Hale, and the reason why her identity is so important is because Audrey Hale identified as trans and went by Aiden. She used he, him pronouns, was very, very active in the LGBTQ plus community. She was 28 and she was a former student of the Covenant School. That is why authorities believe that this is targeted at the administration, at the school, whatever it did to her. Now, just two nights ago, AOC was on her Instagram talking about the awful cis white straight men who go around shooting things in America. And this is the common narrative when it comes to mass shootings. Many of these disgusting and insinuating attacks on trans and LGBT people are actually projections of what predatory cisgender and often straight men do when left alone in the presence of women or sometimes horribly children. Therefore, it is unsurprising that when the information started to come out about the shooter's identity, the media was utterly silent about who she was. It was like, oh, who? Is she a teenager? Is she 20? Who, who is it again? We, we're not really sure. It, the information came from Twitter, not the mainstream media. Independent journalists were digging up information about her. The mainstream media was utterly silent. We don't really know. Who is that? I wonder why they were doing that. They were doing that because it's not convenient for them. Because her identity as a female transgender person is not advantageous for their mission, for their movement. In most cases... If it is convenient for their agenda, they plaster the shooter's face across the news. They try to find some ties to an alt-right agenda. They slander all of the stuff, but they can't do that with a shooting. But it doesn't mean that they aren't trying to spin it to avoid confronting the truth about Audrey. To start us off, here is a now-deleted tweet from an NBC, Washington Post, and Guardian contributor. He tied the shooting back to the Daily Wire. He said NBC has ID'd the Nashville school shooter as Audrey Hale, 28, who identifies as transgender and had no previous criminal record. Nashville is home to the Daily Wire, a hub of anti-trans activity by Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, and Michael Knowles. What the hell does that have to do with anything? He obviously deleted that very quickly, but everybody has screenshots. Everybody is sharing it. He's reaching. He's not even 
talking about the families. He's not even talking about the kids. He's not even talking about the shooter or their identity. He is reaching and trying to find some link to something else. He also tweeted this, designated female at birth, the Nashville shooter who died by police gunfire identified as transgender and used he, him pronouns. Oh, good. Yes, for sure. Let's try to get her pronouns right. That's not the issue at hand, Ben. Here's another one. This is from the WAPO politics page. They posted this and then quickly deleted it. They said, GOP congressman from Nashville district, heartbroken by shooting. A 2021 photo shows his family with firearms. So just because somebody has guns means that they cannot be heartbroken over a tragedy? Again, that's asinine. That doesn't even make sense. Let's try to apply this logic to anything else. If you have a car, you can't be heartbroken over a tragic car accident. If you drink, you can't be heartbroken over a DUI that causes a car accident or domestic violence fueled by alcohol. It does not work. You are choosing inflammatory emotion over honest reporting because it's advantageous for them, because they're reaching, because they're desperate to tie this and spin this so that it works for them. Alejandra Carabello, who I have covered on the show before because her content is wild, said, thank God Tennessee protected the children from the so-called horrors of drag and gender-affirming care so that they can be shot up at a school by an AR-15 instead. This school is not even part of the Tennessee government. It's not even linked to our Tennessee government. It's not a public school. Politicians don't work here. They had no role in any of that legislation. This is a wrong and absurd connection. You're saying you need to allow kids to go to drag shows or they're going to be shot. Is that what you're saying? That isn't even the worst tweet, though. This person said, I don't condone Audrey Hill's actions, though I understand their outrage against an intolerant state that brainwashes children through religious indoctrination. The reality is that this human still identified as that child attending that school and carried that pain into adulthood. Okay, you might not condone it, but you're, you're excusing it. Lots of people have childhood trauma. And you know what they don't do? They don't go around shooting people. Another person said, I still think Tennessee got what it deserved today. You can't victimize people nonstop and expect something bad not to happen. Okay, innocent children dying is what Tennessee deserved? Is that what you're saying? Like, these people are truly sick. There is no other way to put it. They're saying the quiet part. They're screaming the quiet part. They're showing their true colors. They do not care. Also, this is absurd. You can't victimize people. We're not victimizing anybody. You're victimizing yourself constantly. This culture is fueled by people desperate for attention, desperate to be oppressed when they are not. If you're victimized, you've done it yourself. The Tennessee government isn't doing anything to you. If you think you're oppressed because you're a Tennessee drag queen and you can no longer shake your ass on a downtown Broadway drag queen bus, I'm sorry, reality check, no, you're freaking not. Somebody else said, F this, oppressed minorities strike back. And if you don't want it to happen, stop oppressing them. People with nothing left to lose will sometimes not kill themselves, but instead become martyrs. See, all of history, I won't pretend like this wasn't caused by the recent legislation in Tennessee. So you're saying that this person is a martyr? Like, what planet are you living on? This is a threat. Allow drag queens back in Tennessee. Allow us to castrate children or we will kill people. And we're supposed to just stay silent about this and roll over because we're too afraid? You are saying that a mass shooter is a martyr, is a hero. It is go going down in a blaze of glory for this movement. It's awful. Like, they really, they couldn't get their normal political talking points and their virtue signaling without a white male shooter, so they're really stretching, and they're showing their true colors. Here's another one. Let's focus on the head of the school, Catherine Coons, who was specifically targeted by 28-year-old student Aiden Hale, Aiden Hale, who has been dead named in the press as Audrey. Can you imagine what the early 2000s Christian curriculum contained about gender sexuality and being openly queer? Okay, so it's okay that she went and she shot the head of the school that was probably there when she was a student because of how she struggled with the curriculum? 
you're blaming this school for an entire generation of trans people? Here's another one. Another day, another mass shooting. The shooter has been identified by his dead name. It appears he used he, him pronouns. It was a former student at the school. Of course, MSM and the Leos discussing the issue are misgendering the murderer. I'm sad and angry on so many levels. Okay, so you're equating a murder to misgendering. You don't give a crap about the family's impact. You don't give a crap about the nine-year-old children that were killed. Oh my God, you're so angry and sad because they misgendered a shooter. I don't, I'm not giving respect or any kind of decency to this woman who did this. I don't care what she identified as. That's not the point. I'm not going to spend my time trying to respect her pronouns. She obviously didn't respect anybody else's life. It gets insane. People are literally excusing the strategy because they see it as revenge, as a trans person's breaking point, being a martyr. But maybe we shouldn't even be surprised about that, considering that this is some of the mainstream rhetoric about Christians. This happened just a couple weeks ago. What else do you suggest? Well, well, it doesn't happen murder. overnight. It's not a miraculous... <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> murder. She's kidding. Wait a second. She's just that, kidding. Don't say that. That's oh, not... you don't know. They'll pick up on that and yeah, just run with it. Worse. She's, she's just kidding. It's... Well, let me talk to you about... Does she look like she's kidding? Oh, they're... Don't say that. They're going to pick it up and run with it. Oh, we're going to pick up and run with the fact that Jane Fonda says that they should murder Christians? Like, that is the kind of rhetoric that is in the mainstream media. That is the kind of rhetoric that people are listening to. And that is like scratching the surface on what you would see on Twitter or Reddit or any of these forums. Like, that's mild compared to what they want to do to people who disagree with them. It's disgusting. You can be angry. You have a right to be angry about anything. You can have an opinion about whatever you want. You can be angry and not kill people. And the space between those is very wide. It takes a lot from somebody to go from being angry to wanting to shoot people who are innocent. I also want you to watch how Joe Biden started his remarks about this tragedy. And no, this is not a deep fake or AI. I thought that it was because I was shocked. I don't really like Joe Biden. You guys know that. But I expected that he would at least carry himself with some decency and some composure. And so I literally thought that this was fake. I thought, no, there's no way that the leader of the United States would start his remarks about a senseless tragedy. But he came downstairs to speak about this. Fox News cut to his remarks, and this is what he said. Chairman of the White House. My name is Joe Biden. I'm Dr. Joe Biden's husband. And I ate Jenny's ice cream, chocolate chip. I came down because I heard there was chocolate chip ice cream. By the way, I have a whole refrigerator full upstairs. You think I'm kidding? I'm not. God. Ben, how are you, pal? One of the best guys in the United States Congress, Ben Cardin. <laughs> Folks, uh, it's a delight to have you all here. And who are those good-looking kids back there? <laughs> They're your kids, all four of them? Yeah. Well, stand up, guys. John, we'll jump back in here. Um, yeah. As um, considering uh, the moment, like you. Um, we were, we were told that the first no shit happened. Uh, left three children dead, uh, three adults dead, shooters dead, and we were told he would be addressing this f off the top. Yeah, it's uh, rather surprising. I thought that a somber President Biden would have come to the podium here and addressed the school shooting. Imagine being those reporters and having to backtrack. I don't think I could do that on air. I don't think I could have that composure. 
Let me talk about those good-looking kids. Then he leans on the podium. Let me, let, me, let me ask you about those kids. He finally does talk about the shooting much later on. And just to make sure that we're all on the same page so everybody has some clarity because there was a lot of stuff going around on Twitter about this. This press conference's event was not about the shooting. It was not designed or planned about the shooting, which had just happened. He was speaking to a women's summit at the White House. It was live streamed by PBS. But his team told the media that he was going to start off the event by acknowledging the shooting and talking about it and then get into his planned speech. But this is what he did instead. He eventually talked about it. But he was too distracted by Chalky Chalky Chip and some good-looking kids to even give a moment of silence about the shooting or to come downstairs with any kind of decorum or even a somber tone. And I don't want to say that like a fake tone is the most important thing here, but the fact that he was not even genuine, like authentically, like torn up about this and just came downstairs and was concerned with ice cream, it's just, it's embarrassing. Our society and our culture is sick. It is decaying every single day. It is mentally ill, certifiably, and people would rather try to prove a political point than pray or even give a moment of silence for children or families impacted by this event. And I cannot believe that I have to share a world with people who prioritize that. Like the fact that we cannot even come together about an issue like this, we can't even come together to have common human decency or empathy. It's heartbreaking, but it's maddening because that's how far we've fallen. So that's all I'm going to say on this subject Hold your loved ones near, and please keep the families of Haley Scruggs, Evelyn DeCouse, William Kinney, Mike Hill, Cynthia Peake, and Catherine Kuntz in your prayers. By now, you've all heard about the tragic shooting at the Covenant School in Nashville, Tennessee. The shooter was a transgender, well, what the left would call a transgender man, and what conservatives would call a mentally ill woman. Her name was Audrey Hale. But that was really weird. I mean, I, I don't remember ever hearing about a female mass shooter. And so immediately I started thinking about, like, what is the motivation here? What, why the heck would this person do this? And I actually wrote my buddy Kurt about this uh, shooting. I wrote, um, a 28-year-old woman killed three kids. Why kids? This is bizarre. And then I wrote, maybe it's a trans dude. That would make way more sense. When I wrote that, I was thinking maybe it was a male that was pretending to be a female. Turns out it was a female pretending to be male. But even though I got that part wrong, the fact that I thought it was a trans person was right. And here's the thing. I actually believe that we can expect more of this because trans activists, trans extremism in America is incredibly dangerous. I, I've noted on my show before multiple times that the most vitriolic, vicious, and destructive people that I have encountered on Twitter are trans activists. I've even been attacked personally online. People have gone into my various accounts and try to do whatever they can to try to disrupt my online presence or whatever, who are trans activists. I made a video a while back detailing death threats that I'd gotten from transgender folks. And they're just nasty, right? They're just vicious. And this is all due to a culture that has been cultivated by the left and by the LGBTQ community. And the Democrats have been facilitating this for years. They want to be on the side of the trans activists. They want to be on the side of transgender Americans. They want to be on the side of transgenderism generally. And until this shooting, I've always considered the Democrat messaging on this subject to be motivated primarily by votes, by power, by money, as everything on the left is, really. And the possibility that some people in the transgender movement might be dangerously radicalized. Well, I just figured that that was a predictable and not unacceptable 
side effect of dividing the country and securing an entirely new block of reliable Democrat voters. But now I think that it's a lot more sinister than this. I, I actually think that a lot of Democrats know that they're radicalizing extremists. And I actually think that for some of them, this is the goal. All right, now I know it's probably in bad taste to put an ad in this video, but I do need to pay the bills. And so I'm going to do it anyway. And in my defense, if anybody out there watching needs the services offered, it's actually not that annoying. In fact, it's helpful. But for everybody else, yeah, it's, it's annoying. All right, so the shooter at this school, this, this unbelievable tragedy that we saw play out the other day, the shooter was a transgender, what the left would call a transgender man, what conservatives would call a mentally ill woman. But this is not just a mentally ill woman. I am going to guess this was a woman that was taking testosterone. Now, I don't know that for sure, but that is the primary drug that women take who want to transition into becoming men or want to pretend that they're men and, you know, want to have some of the physical characteristics of men. They will take testosterone. And one of the known side effects of supplementing your normal testosterone with added artificial levels of testosterone is something called roid rage. And everybody knows about this, right? This is something that is a problem with the bodybuilding community. You take testosterone in order to build big muscles and you get roid rage. This is a huge problem. This is a problem with athletes, uh, football players, stuff like that. And it's also a problem with trans men or women who are trying to transition to, to try to pretend that they're men. And this is not something that's talked about all that much. I even looked it up. I actually looked up a study that was specifically about this to see if people understood, like people in the medical community understood that this was in fact a side effect of testosterone treatment trying to create men out of women. And I found a study, it was called, Does Testosterone Treatment Increase Anger Expression in a Population of Transgender Men? And this, this study's conclusion was, this study demonstrates that during seven months of continuous gender-affirming hormonal treatment, anger expression and anger arousal control increased in trans men. And so, yeah, so this is something that we know happens, right? If you give women testosterone, they can have roid rage. They can have this problem, these anger issues. Um, and you're dealing with people here who are mentally ill, right? You're giving a mentally ill person testosterone, which is going to increase their anger. Like, what, what are you doing? It's almost like you're creating super soldier terrorists. There's no way that I can just pretend that I think that the medical community is completely innocent here. All right, you're complicit. If you know that you're dealing with mentally ill people and you're giving them drugs that are going to make them more angry and aggressive and depressed and all this stuff, what are you thinking? This is medical malpractice. So yeah, so I'm pissed at the medical community for not coming out against transgenderism. Absolutely, totally, strongly against transgenderism. But the Democrat Party, they are the most complicit. They are the worst because they have actually facilitated and exacerbated the mental illness of transgender Americans for years now, for years. They've decided this is something, this is going to be an issue that we're going to back. And why? Why do they do this? Because they want to divide the country. They want to say, you guys are victims and these are the enemy. You've got to rely on us to protect you from all the evil anti-trans people out there. So you're a victim. These people are evil primarily Republicans, Christians, white people, and we're going to protect you from them. So vote Democrat, vote Democrat, vote Democrat, right? That's their, that's what they do. We've known for a very long time that mental illness in this country is becoming a bigger and bigger problem. You see it, you see, you see it all over. And the reason is because instead of treating mental illness, we are told to affirm mental illness. You have to affirm the stated gender of a mentally ill person. And if you don't, you're a bigot.
But it's worse than being a bigot because we're told that we're causing a trans genocide. And this is something that I just I covered literally in the last video that I posted. Democrats promote this idea of the trans genocide. And this casts conservative Christians as the villains. Because we refuse to affirm the delusion of transgenderism, we are the prison guards of a trans holocaust. And so look, naturally, this nonsense is going to radicalize gullible Americans who become convinced that this genocide is real. Look, G Democrats only have one message that gets them voters. Republicans are evil. Now, it used to be, this is how we save the environment. This is how we protect vulnerable people. This is how we help victims. And Democrats still claim that these are their goals. But instead of helping black Americans who they claim are the victims of systemic racism, they instead say, this is how we take down the evil white males. It's no longer about protection or help. It's about destruction. Instead of protecting the environment, they now say, this is how we destroy the fossil fuel industry. And instead of doing things that might actually protect LGBTQ plus people in America, whom they claim are vulnerable. No, no. They say that anybody who used the wrong gender pronoun, they're the enemy. And people who don't use the right gender pronoun, they are committing trans genocide. And I actually explained this in my last video, trans genocide, but I will recap the concept of trans genocide here. The twisted logic works like this. Transgender Americans commit self-deletion at a very high rate. And I have to say self-deletion because I've heard that YouTube will suppress my video if I use the word that rhymes with brewicide, a.k.a. death by coffee. And as I said in my last video, I may actually be at risk of that. Anyway, because transgender folks are at such a high risk of self-deletion, we've got to try to protect them. That's, the, that's what the Democrats think, right? Never mind the fact that there's lots of professions with very high suicide rate. And, you know, if you don't support minors, uh, does that mean that we are causing the genocide of people in the mining industry? But I digress. Democrats say that, you know, because transgender folks are at such high risk of self-deletion, we've got to try to protect them. And according to the trans activists, the only way to do that is to facilitate their delusion. So anybody who does not participate in affirming the fantasies of these mentally ill people, well, according to the activists, we are knowingly and intentionally encouraging them to self-delete. If I refer to a chick who is pretending to be a dude, if I refer to her as she, well, according to the activists, I'm intentionally encouraging that chick to self-delete. This is absurd. Now, I referenced in my last video a study by the Heritage Foundation, a guy named Jay Green conducted this study, called Puberty Blockers, Cross-Sex Hormones, and Youth Brewicide. You know, rhymes with brewicide. And this study indicates that the activists are just dead wrong. Affirmation may not be the best way to ameliorate the increased likelihood of self-deletion amongst transgender individuals. And conservatives have, since transgenderism became an issue, we have believed that rejecting the delusional gender fantasies of transgender folks is actually a much better direction. And I can't express just how strongly I personally believe this. Now, I'm not a clinical psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist, anything like that. But it's just common sense. If somebody entertains a serious delusion about themselves, they're not functioning in reality. And if you don't function in reality, there's a real danger of sinking deeper and deeper into your fantasy. And eventually you could become incapable of dealing with the real world. A child who thinks, maybe I can fly. They are snapped back into reality when they jump off their roof and they break their leg. We would all love to be able to bend and break steel with our bare hands like a superhero. But... 
play around with a vice or a crowbar or a saw in your dad's garage as a kid, and you quickly realize that the steel wins. Learning to function within the real parameters of the world in which we live, that is the most fundamental education that you can have as a child. Somehow, we are neglecting to teach the most basic lessons to many children in the 21st century. And by supporting things like Drag Queen Story Hour, individual gender pronouns, and the infinite myriad of genders that the LGBTQ plus activists pretend exist, Democrats are actually encouraging this. And as I said at the beginning of the video, until this point, I've always considered that Democrat messaging on this issue is entirely motivated by votes and power and money, as everything that the Democrats do is. But now I think that a lot of Democrats are intentionally radicalizing extreme left-wing trans activists, and they're hoping that these people become domestic terrorists. Now, why do I think that? It sounds pretty crazy, but why do I think that? You know, there, there's this expression you know what a Democrat is doing by listening to what they're accusing Republicans of. And what have the Democrats been accusing us all of for the past few years? Extremism. Radicalization. They call us extreme MAGA Republicans. MAGA Republicans have made their choice. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. And as I said before, you know exactly what Democrats are doing just by listening to what they're accusing us of. And look, I know that that is not the most convincing evidence in the world, but I do think that that pattern is noteworthy. Here's a much more compelling argument. You don't really have a lot of domestic terrorism coming from the right. You don't have a lot of violence coming from the right. You don't have a lot of rioting coming from the right. On the left, you've got Antifa and you've got BLM. These are two organizations. People say, oh, Antifa is not an organization. It's just an idea. Antifa is an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got it. It's not malicious. Antifa is very much an organization. And what does this leftist organization do? They burn down buildings. They attack people. They attack the police. They tear down statues. They ruin cities. What does BLM do? Exactly the same thing. They burn down buildings. They tear down statues. They attack people in the streets. They loot stores, stealing everything inside. Now, why do they do that? Why do they do that? It seems to have slowed up since Joe Biden has taken office. There doesn't seem to be as many Antifa riots. There doesn't seem to be as many BLM riots. Curious that. And it leads me to ask the question, what is the intention and what is the motivation of those who support Antifa and BLM? and who encourage these organizations to go out and riot. Well, there are multiple motivations, but I think that one of the more primary motivations is Marxism. Marxism has always maintained that the best way to bring about Marxism in a new country is to tear down the existing system, whatever that might be. In our case, it is a constitutional republic, but many people call this a democracy. I don't have a problem with that. I know a lot of conservatives go insane when they hear democracy. It's called common language, folks. It's called colloquialism. Just, it's okay. It, just because somebody says democracy, it doesn't mean they're the devil. But anyway, the, the idea of Marxism, and this comes from the old Soviet organization, the Comintern, right? They used to have this thing called Comintern, Communist International, Communism International, whatever. And the concept was, how do we spread communism around the world? And the idea was that you've got to create class warfare within every country. You've got to reduce the quality of life in that country. And then the lower classes, which are the majority population, will take out the elites. They'll take out the, 
upper class, the higher classes, and then the whole country will be basically destroyed, and then they will there will be a demand from socialism. Socialism will rise up in the ashes of the the obliterated former system. And not everybody agrees with this, but this may be the motivation of the billionaire Porge Poros. Uh, I can't say his name on the channel, or I think that they will probably suppress this this video. But uh, yeah, the billionaire Porge Poros, you can figure out who that is, uh, has pumped millions and millions of dollars into the campaigns of local prosecutors. Now, why would he do that? Well, he wants to bring in prosecutors who will not prosecute certain crimes, who will release certain prisoners from jail. Uh, so a lot of these murders that are happening in America, a lot of the increase in crime in America is occurring because you got these prosecutors that have come in and they've just not prosecuted. They've just released prisoners. They've allowed a lot of these dangerous criminals out into society. And this is the goal of Porge Poros. Now, why does he want to do that? Again, there is this theory that if you can create enough pain, enough suffering in a society, you can reduce the quality of life enough, then people will demand socialism. Uh, but look, there, there, there may be a different motivation, right? There may be that a lot of people on the left, they may not want socialism full on. They may just want Democrats to be in power in America, because as we all know, as anybody who watches the show knows, Democrats that are in power today are entirely corrupt. We might as well be in a socialist country if Democrats are in control in Washington, D.C. They have a racket, right? They can use tax dollars. They can use their power of creating laws or dismissing laws in order to game the system in order to get rich or to funnel money to organizations that are friendly to them that'll help them get reelected. They care about power and they care about money. That's all Democrats care about, Democrat politicians. And so why would you have, if you wanted the Democrats to be in control, why would you have BLM and Antifa tearing up the cities? Well, it's sort of like a protection racket, right? In the old days, you would have like the Italian mafia. They might come into your business and they might say, ah, you know, it'd be a shame if this business got burned to the ground. It's like, you know, if you give us like uh, $5,000 a month, we could maybe stop anybody who might want to burn down your building, you know. But the idea is, obviously, if you don't give them 5000 bucks, they're going to burn down your building. They're going to burn down your business. And that kind of feels like what's going on with Antifa and BLM. Look, guys, uh, if you don't vote Democrat, BLM and Antifa might just burn down your building. They might just terrorize your city. But when we're talking about getting votes, this is no longer a protection racket. This becomes terrorism. You have to vote the way we want or your city is going to be terrorized. Your city is going to be burned to the ground. I actually talk about this in a recent video that I did for my Mr. Pagan channel. This is actually the first time I brought this idea up. Do you really want us to live in a world in which Trump is elected? In which all of the hard-working deep state swamp dwellers are arrested or kicked out of D.C. and there's no corrupt political machine funneling money to the various deep state operatives and establishment politicians and their Wall Street cronies and the military-industrial complex, a world in which Democrat politicians are not taking bribes and kickbacks. Oh, sure, you might say you want that, but that's also the same world in which Antifa and BLM are burning down the businesses of straight white men. Remember? Remember when Trump was president? Remember all the riots and the destruction? That can happen again, you ungrateful pricks. I mean, I, I don't know why that stuff happens when Trump's in office. It's certainly not some kind of protection racket. All I'm saying is that if you vote for Biden in 2024, that won't happen. So yeah, this may just be a state-run protection racket by Democrats, a.k.a. domestic terrorism. There's another motivation that I considered, and that is just that some people are pure evil. 
that's it. They're just evil. Uh, and if you don't believe in evil, let me tell you a story about evil. Okay. I met this gay guy once. This is in New York City. You know, eventually I figured out he was gay, and, and I had the opportunity to ask this guy, why are you gay? And he had a bizarre answer. His answer was that he was just turned on by what he described as, this is his word, things that were naughty. <laughs> and the way he described it, as I continued to ask him questions about this, essentially the idea was this. Anything that was forbidden by society, anything that was deemed bad or evil or wrong... He liked that stuff. He was drawn to that stuff. And so he looked at temptation to do something wrong, not as something to be avoided or as a challenge to his morality or to being a good person. He looked at it as something to be indulged, right? Now, some people might be able, like some psychiatrists might be able to say, oh, I can, I can explain why that is in, you know, in, in psychiatry or in psychology or whatever. But I think for most people, we just look at that and then we say, that's just pure evil. That's just evil. And there's another category of people that I've met who just want to hurt others. That's it, right? Uh, I had a buddy, this is a guy I knew in college, and he always wore t-shirts that were very anti-Christian, like intentionally anti-Christian. He was a strong atheist and he hated Christianity, he hated Christians. And these were very provocative shirts and I would give him crap for them sometimes in class, you know. And uh, what I found out is that he was actually very funny and very intelligent. And he also noticed that I was very funny and I was very intelligent. And before we knew it, we were good friends, bizarrely. And this guy was obviously a strong Democrat and I was a strong Republican. And he knew that I was a strong conservative Christian, um, and I knew that he was a strong Democrat atheist, and that didn't stop us from being friends. On my end, part of it was obviously I thought maybe I could fix this guy, maybe I could help him, maybe I could reach him somehow. Um, but after a while, I, I eventually asked him, I was like, why do you vote Democrat? You're obviously a very intelligent guy. Um, and by then I had figured out that he knew that most politicians were evil, you know, were just bad and were going to destroy the country. I said, why, why do you vote Democrat when you know they're bad for the country? And his answer was fascinating. And a lot of people, by the way, I've, I've written about this stuff on Twitter, and a lot of people will say, you know, oh, this never happened. You know, of all the things that never happened, this never happened the most. You know, that was popular to say for a while. People would always put that on, my, on, on these kind of posts. But I, I promise you, these are real people that I have met. These are real encounters, and I'm telling the, you these stories as honestly as I can remember to tell them. So, so this guy responds to me, he says, uh, the reason that I vote Democrat is because I I want to destroy the country. That's what he said. Now, you got to understand, this guy was a very ugly guy. Like, physically, he was very ugly. He was actually difficult to look at. He was so just unfortunate looking, as a girl I knew once used to say. Um, he felt that he had been dealt a bad hand in life. That God or nature or whatever it was that made him ugly basically screwed him over. And he was never going to be able to enjoy life in the same way that attractive people did. So anything that attractive people liked or what he perceived was designed for more attractive people like mainstream society, he just rebelled against. He just hated it. Christianity, he hated. He just considered these things to be for the pretty people and not for him. And so his idea was, if I can't be happy, no one should be. I should drag people down to live in the misery that is my life. He had no interest in elevating society. He wanted to destroy society. He wanted to make people as miserable as he was. It was kind of a 
revenge on society because he was born. He felt, you know, like a kind of victim. And this is how many victims feel. They have this resentment for everybody else and they want to tear everyone else down because they feel that they have been treated unfairly. And so what happens when the Democrats keep telling everyone, you're a victim, you're a victim, you're a victim? They're creating more and more people that resent society, resent people that they feel are have a better life than they do. And this resentment causes people to lash out and want vengeance, want revenge, even though they're not really victims, and even though they can actually have a good life. They don't care about that. They want to tear you down. So look, there are evil people in this world. That's just a real thing. The left would like you to believe that there are no evil people, that everybody, oh, except for white people and men, uh, everybody else is just purely good, and we just have to accept them for who they are. And what they mean by that is, of course, anybody who votes Democrat. Everybody who votes Democrat is perfectly good. <laughs> but anyway, so the point I'm trying to make here is that there are many intentions, many motivations on the left to want to create violence in America. And so I really do believe that Democrats either know that they are incidentally creating domestic terrorists or they are intentionally creating domestic terrorists. And look, we cannot negotiate with terrorists Democrats must be defeated at the polls, they must be defeated in the media, and they must be defeated in the culture. Do not back down. Do not appease them. Do not entertain their delusions. Conservatives must fight for the traditional values that created this country. Because if we lose this culture war, evil wins. And we will see more and more horrors, like the tragic shooting at the Covenant School in Nashville. The Trans Day of Vengeance is coming up on Friday. I was explaining this to some family members. They didn't believe me. They said, what is this? What's this security risk that is apparently cropping up? I said, oh, there's a day called the Trans Day of Vengeance. They said, oh, haha, what's it really called? So it's really called the Trans Day of Vengeance, and it's being promoted by fairly large accounts on social media, and it's a call for violence against anyone who dares to suggest that a man is not a woman and a woman is not a man. And it's being pushed specifically in Washington, D.C. and Tennessee, and it's being directed specifically at the Daily Wire, and these transgender activists are, in some cases, calling for very explicit violence. In some cases, I mean, there are videos that I'm not even going to play on this show that have gone viral of people essentially saying that the Christian school deserved what it got because they, they didn't accept transgender ideology. Hideous stuff. And, uh, but, but even the ones who are trying to not get kicked off of social media, they are very clearly calling for violence against people who disagree with them. Trans people in Tennessee, it's time to fight. Trans allies in Tennessee, it's time to fight. Trans women, if they lock you up for identifying as a woman, fight, resist. You're going to die anyways. We're going to die anyways. It's time to resist. Fight them. Hurt them. If they put their hands on you, beat them. We are at an attack. It's time to fight back. Do you hear me? Trans people in Tennessee, trans men, trans women, non-binary, fight. If they try to arrest you or have you arrested on a felony for existing, Felony for existence. Put a pause there. Notice she she keeps prefacing all of this with if, 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 but the ifs are totally implausible. If they arrest you on a felony for existing, 
What does that mean? Nobody is suggesting that. I'm starting to, and it's not a woman too, right? It's a dude, I assume. I'm starting to think this fellow might be a little bit confused. Huh. I'm starting to think something might be a little bit off about this guy. Usually, I don't take threats all that seriously because people mouth off on social media and it's no big deal. But the reason I don't take them seriously is because most people are at least somewhat reasonable in the end. They, they might mouth off a little bit, but eventually they come to their senses. People who have lost their senses, people who have lost their capacity to reason about even the most basic things, they don't get reasonable again until they receive psychological and spiritual help, which is being explicitly denied them by our law and by our popular culture. Keep going. Gang together, get people who agree with you to come and fight. Carry a weapon at all times. And yes, you have to attack the police officer. Attack everybody, fight, 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 carry a weapon at all times. You know, the Second Amendment is a right. The ability to defend oneself is a right. But as the libs always like to point out, these rights are not totally absolute existing in a vacuum. They are conditioned by certain things and predicated on certain things. So you have, a, you have a right to vote. You have a civil right to vote. But if you commit a felony, if you commit a number of infractions, you can lose that right to vote. You have a right to free speech, but you don't have a right to threaten people. That would be an abuse of speech. That would be speech that undermines speech. That would be a speech act that is, that is not tolerated. You have a right to a gun. Felons lose their right to guns. All sorts of people lose their rights to guns. It, I, I am as strong a defender of the right to defend yourself in the Second Amendment as possible. If you have demonstrated a capacity, an incapacity to reason, if you are not capable of uh, rational behavior, certainly that would be one of the reasons why you could not own a gun. This is why five-year-olds are not allowed to go into the gun store and buy guns. They haven't reached the age of reason yet. And people can lose their reason for all sorts of reasons. And unfortunately, what we do in this society now is we call, we call sanity insanity and insanity sanity. There was the most vile reaction that I've seen to the shooting in Nashville. It was from someone who's appeared on this show, actually. He's a liberal, but he's appeared on this show. And it's, it's just so hideous. But I, and I bring it up not even just to castigate this guy, but, but to show you how wrong the, the libs thinking is, how pervasive this kind of vile thinking is, but also how wrong it is. Uh, David Pakman tweeted out, quote, very surprising that there would be a mass shooting at a Christian school Given that lack of prayer is often blamed for these horrible events, is it possible they weren't praying enough or correctly, despite being a Christian school? That, that is the most vile tweet I've ever read. And Twitter is a cesspool for the most vile kinds of speech you can imagine. If you have any kind of public profile at all, you've seen, you've seen plenty of vile stuff directed at you or you. But that is the single most vile tweet I have ever read. He ended up deleting it, but he didn't apologize. In fact, he played the victim. He said, all right, too many anti-Semitic attacks and threats to my family. I've deleted the tweet. 
I mean, why that's one no one saw any of these alleged uh, anti-semitic attacks or what a what a joker how pathetic say so I won't even apologize I was totally right yeah I'm going to make fun of these these murdered kids I'm going to make fun of them for being Christian haha ha, you idiot Christians yeah that'll teach you for, to be Christian yeah but I'll delete the tweet anyway I don't want to deal with you people anymore that's what he's saying so really just very little leaves me without much to say. Uh, this does. One thing I would have to say about it, though, is his premise is wrong. He's saying that lack of prayer is often blamed for these horrible events. When has that ever occurred? I've never once heard from anybody other than him that lack of prayer is the cause of shootings or any other kind of evil or suffering. No, what happens is after bad things happen, compassionate people, people with a even somewhat clear understanding of reality, will say, oh, I'm praying for you. I'm sending you, I, I'm thinking of you, and I'm praying for you. And then libs will scream and yell at them for it or make fun of them for it. Say, so, yeah, thoughts and prayers. That's all. Oh, yeah, that's, do you keep your thoughts and prayers and shove it. Oh, okay. What are you offering? I'm offering thoughts and prayers. What are you offering? You're just offering invective and bile, and you're mocking little kids for being Christians and being murdered. What are you offering? Well, we're offering gun control laws. The gun, none of the gun control laws have ever worked. You've passed plenty of gun control laws. They haven't done anything. Well, we're offering anger. Oh, thanks. Oh, thank you. That's, that's what we have a shortage of is anger. Oh, your anger is so comforting. What are you offering? Well, we're offering uh, cruel jokes about murdered children and Christians. Oh, cool. Thanks. I think I'll stick with thoughts and prayers. If you are against thoughts and prayers after a tragedy, that's a pretty good sign you're on the wrong side. There wasn't sufficient prayer. No Christian believes that. It, it rains on the just and the unjust alike. Bad things happen to good people. That's one of the most basic problems that anyone who is given even two seconds of thought to morality and religion has considered. And these people haven't even gotten that far. You know, it, it's often pointed out that the libs who are pushing gun control know the least about guns. They don't know how any of the guns work. They don't know anything about the history of guns. They don't know anything about the effects of gun control laws. They don't know anything about <laughs> the history of the Second Amendment. They just don't know anything about anything, but they're the ones who are pontificating and, and attempting to regulate these things. Well, certainly the same is true of thoughts and prayers. These people have never given one second of thought to thoughts and prayers and the meaning of prayer and the meaning of suffering and why good things happen to good people. Theodicy and more broadly theology or any of it. All they've got to offer is bile and poison. Absolutely disgusting stuff. And they are pushing it. There was a, a release from the Trans Resistance Network. This came out on the school shooting. They said, as the Trans Resistance Network has been notified of this shooting, it's not our policy to engage publicly with the news media. We believe this calls for, for a thoughtful response from our collective. We point out that today's incident in Nashville, Tennessee, is not one tragedy, but two. I think you know where this is going. 
The first tragedy today is the loss of life of three children and adults. We extend our deepest sympathies. We mourn with you. The second and more complex tragedy is that Aiden or Aubrey Hale, who felt he had no, uh, he, it's a she, had no other effective way to be seen than to lash out by taking the life of others and by consequence himself, really herself. That's the, that's the real tragedy. She just, she just felt she had no other option. You know, and why did she feel that way? It's because of those Christians. Yeah, this is the same. This is the, essentially the same thing. Da- David Pakman made a joke about it, and the Trans Resistance Network is saying it with a straight face. Yeah, these Christians—they're just—they're just so wrong. They're so wrong that they're bringing this upon themselves. Yeah, yeah. What—that's the real tragedy—is that you guys just didn't get on the program with the transgender ideology. This statement tells me it goes on and it gets worse, and I just won't read it. What this tells me, though, is I think this is the the final collapse of one of the dishonest arguments we hear from the libs on the transgender ideology issue, which is, who cares? Oh, who cares? What do you care? This doesn't affect you. This this isn't a big deal. Just live and let live. Who cares? Who cares? Um, These people care. These people care enough that they would blame Christians and conservatives and society broadly for forcing a transgender identifying person to shoot up a Christian school full of little kids. Like an abusive husband who says to his wife, why did you make me do that? Why did you make this shooter do that? How many parents? One, two, three, four, five. See, like 11 or 12 paragraphs on that. This is a pretty pervasive belief. Uh, if, only, if only you had just hadn't been so damn Christian, you know? If only you guys had just hadn't been so hateful, we wouldn't have to do this, wouldn't have to fight back, wouldn't have to resist, wouldn't have to have a day of vengeance. Vengeance. But who cares? Who cares? I think they care, and I think they care a lot. And if... If... One does not have the clarity and courage to stand against this ideology that is a, about a lot more than just some confused people. It's about using confused people, weaponizing confused people to upend an entire political order and to exalt the most disgusting and depraved and wicked sorts of people in society, the kind of people who would, who would write these tweets. And suppressing and bullying into silence ordinary people who hold ordinary, true, traditional beliefs. That's what it's about. That's what it's always been about. I think people are beginning to see that a little bit more. In many ways, the response from national police to the mass shooting by trans terrorists at a Christian school here in town has uh, been admirable. Um, That starts, of course, with their physical response, their emergency response to the shooting itself. Yesterday, we saw the, the harrowing body cam footage. A group of officers, obviously well-trained, highly skilled, made their way into the building, clearing rooms as they went, eventually confronting the shooter and quickly dispatching her and neutralizing the threat. Now, we greatly overuse the term hero these days, just like we overuse so many other uh, terms, uh, effectively rendering the labels meaningless. And that's a shame because it's, it's a term that would actually apply in this case to those cops. They are, in every sense, heroes. 
And then after the shooting, they continued to, um, the police did, uh, continued to handle the situation with great transparency and forthrightness. Uh, the police chief has been direct and clear, clear with his answers during his press conferences. They released the body cam footage. They released the security camera footage of the shooting, the shooter entering the building. Um, they've provided a lot of information. But there is one glaring omission, and it's an omission that becomes all the more glaring considering how transparent they've been about everything else. The trans shooter wrote a detailed manifesto, and we know about that because the cops told us, apparently explaining what she was going to do, what her plans were, and why she was doing it. They have not allowed us to see the manifesto. A couple of days later, we still have not seen the manifesto. And according to reports yesterday, we may never see it. This is from the Daily Caller, quote, Nashville police will not be releasing the manifesto of the deceased Covenant School shooting suspect, a police spokesperson told the Daily Caller News Foundation on Tuesday. Nashville Metro Police Department announced that they had found writings from 28-year-old transgender suspect Audrey Hale's home on Monday that indicated a calculated and planned attack, according to an M uh, NMPD uh, press release. The police spokesperson told the DCNF Tuesday that the department had no intentions of releasing the documents to the public anytime soon, citing the ongoing investigation into Hale. Quote, no, we will not be releasing the manifesto during an open investigation, the spokesperson said. The police spokesperson did not say for certain whether or not the manifesto would be released in the future after the investigation was closed and restated that due to the ongoing nature of the situation, there was no intention by law enforcement to release the documents. Well, this is just completely unacceptable and also incoherent. They're investigating a crime committed by a dead assailant. And the person is thankfully dead. There's no conceivable reason, at least not any valid conceivable reason, why that investigation would be impeded by allowing the public to see these documents. Okay, and if I can't even imagine what it would be, but if there are a couple of things in there that for some reason, it if, if, we, if that was published, it would impede the investigation, then you, you could talk about redacting certain elements of it. Now, even redacting the documents can be highly problematic. But my point is that they're saying we can't see any of it. We can't see even a single line of it. And that doesn't make any sense. Uh, we have a right to know why this happened. Now, the why seems rather obvious, but we should also see it laid out in writing if it was, and apparently it was. And we have a right to know what or who the other targets were supposed to be. We can either, just like with anything else, we can either be left to speculate in the dark or we can be given the full truth. And as we've seen time and time again, the speculating in the dark option doesn't help anyone. And we know that because this is the option that the powers that be uh, so often choose. Now, when I say it doesn't help anyone, maybe I shouldn't say that because uh, what I mean is that it doesn't help the public. It doesn't serve the best interests of the community. It's not good for society when vital truths are withheld from us, leaving us to speculate and assume and come up with theories. But in this case, it does serve the interests of LGBT activist groups who are actually actively campaigning to prevent the public from ever seeing the manifesto. Newsweek reports, quote, Calls for police to release the manifesto that authorities say was written ahead of Monday's uh, Nashville, Nashville school shooting has prompted concern among LGBTQ plus groups who caution against the publication of such a document. Quote, 
It should not be published, Jordan Budd, the executive director of Children of Lesbians and Gays Everywhere, told Newsweek. The focus should be on how this was able to happen in the first place. There should not be such easy access to deadly weaponry. Charles Moran, the uh, national president of Log Cabin Republicans, a GOP organization that advocates for equal rights for LGBTQ plus Americans, also told Newsweek that there are serious consequences for the public release of the manifesto. Laura McGinnis, a spokesperson for PFLAG, agreed, telling Newsweek that um, publication of these documents would increase the risk of contagion. She said that while the manifesto would help law enforcement and policymakers identify potential warning signs to prevent future tragedies, ultimately, the contents don't change the outcome of the tragedy. Quote, regardless of the shooter's intentions, the real issue here is the ease of access to deadly weapons in Tennessee and elsewhere, Bud said, adding, quote, all children, no matter who their parents are or how they identify, should feel safe and supported at school. That includes a world free from gun violence. Now, you'll notice, uh, shockingly, that these LGBT groups are mysteriously silent about these kinds of concerns after shootings by white supremacists. I mean, they're more than happy for those manifestos to be published, and they always are. But in this case, they caution against it. The only mildly surprising thing about this is that they, they haven't really bothered to come up with a plausible excuse for this glaring inconsistency and hypocrisy. Instead, they essentially confess to the truth. They want the discussion around the shooting to remain focused on a politically useful issue like gun control. Don't tell us why this happened, they cry. Uh, you know, that'll make it more difficult for us to use the tragedy for political gain. Most of all, they're desperate to protect their victim narrative. I mean, this is their most potent political weapon. And uh, more than that, it is the foundation of their entire ideology. They must protect at all costs the hallucinatory notion that LGBT people, and in particular trans people, are oppressed and marginalized. And you know they're the ones being targeted, not the other way around. A manifesto full of anti-Christian ramblings from a trans terrorist psychopath would be a uh, powerful counterexample to this idea. So powerful that they can't allow it to see the light of day. Of course, even without the manifesto, we still have the simple and terrible fact that a trans mass killer slaughtered children at a Christian school. That's all we need to know or all we should need to know. Yet the left, helped, helped along by the lack of transparency around the manifesto, is still clinging to its preferred victim narrative. They insist that, that even though a trans person murdered Christian children, the real victims are trans people. This seems to be the consensus, as you might expect, on TikTok. Watch. So about the tragic school shooting that happened today at a private Christian school in Tennessee, um, the shooter was born a biological female, and they um, went by he, him on their LinkedIn. So they're, they're painting the narrative that you know, they're trying to blame transgender people, you know, the whole thing. But every other school shooting that's happened in the last, I don't know, decade have been white men and many of them identify as Christian. So let's not go there. But I do want to say that expect more of this kind of chaos and destruction when you bring fascism into this country. The more you don't love people, the more you shame people, the more you treat people like they're untouchable in society, what do you expect people to do? Of course, the the shadow inside of them is going to be so angry and retaliate in revenge. That's what happens 
When you decide to try to control people through legislation, you try to harm people through legislation, it's like the world needs a lot more love, not more hate. No, uh, first of all, all of the school shooters for the last decade have not been white men. And as for your question, what do uh, we expect people to do? What do we expect? What do we expect a trans person to do if she's upset about not being affirmed or whatever? What do we expect? Well, um, we expect her to not murder children. Let's start there. That is a basic standard of behavior that we hold everyone to. It's not even the bare minimum. I mean, that is a bar so low that it's still sitting on the ground. We expect her to refrain from killing nine-year-olds. We expect, you know, a lot more from people, actually. But yes, we do expect to begin with that they act like human beings and not murderous demons. But this has been the prevailing message on the left. Yesterday, we, uh, we talked about a group of trans activists called the Trans Resistance Network who published a statement claiming that the shooter was a victim of her own shooting. They lamented that, quote, life for transgender people is very difficult and made more difficult in the preceding months by a virtual avalanche of anti-trans legislation. And they reasoned that she felt that she, she had to commit the shooting in order to, quote, be seen. Now, um, according to these people also, the shooter's problems are compounded by the fact that she's being posthumously misgendered, along with perhaps the greater problem that she's burning in hell. But, uh, but along with that, she's being misgendered. Here's TikTok again. Aiden Hale, that's the name of the Nashville shooter. This video is about to be very uncomfortable for a lot of us. It's very uncomfortable for me to talk about, but we need to talk about it. Aiden did a very horrendous thing, period, point blank. We need pew pew reform in our country. But the way that the media and the police are misgendering and dead naming Aiden is quite concerning. It's also concerning that I had to go to the Telegraph from UK to actually get Aiden's chosen name. It's upsetting that constantly it is she, her pronouns. That is incredibly frustrating because even though they did this horrible thing does not mean that we get to, to do those things. That's a boundary and we can hold people accountable without being transphobic, even for some of the most horrendous things. So while you're watching this, also watch for transphobia because it's very clearly coming out. Mm. You know, uh, just to be clear, uh, her dead name is Audrey because she's dead, thank God. So really, they're both her dead names, I guess. Yeah, she says that uh, even though the shooter murdered children, that doesn't mean that we get to use grammatically correct pronouns in reference to her. Well, well, actually, it does. In fact, we get to use grammatically correct pronouns about people even if they don't commit mass shootings. The mass shooting gives us permission to say lots of other things about her, that she was a monstrous, bloodthirsty, murdering, worthless piece of garbage, for example. But as for the pronouns, we get to uh, do that regardless. Actually, listen to this. Check this out. This is going to shock you. We get to say whatever we want to or about her or you or anyone else. That's what we get to do. What you don't get to do is control our words or our minds. I can say whatever I want about anyone, and I will. And I can say whatever I want about any trans person, and I will. They do not get to dictate anything to me. That's what they don't get to do. I talk about them according to how I see them and what I think about them. 
and according to what is actually true. I don't talk about them according to how they see themselves. I am using the filter of my own mind and of reality. I am not using the filter of their minds. That's the way that this works. But the shooter herself isn't the only trans victim here, according to the left. There have been uh, many headlines like this from ABC, quote, anti-transgender sentiment follows Nashville shooting. Conservative political figures focused on the shooter's reported trans identity. And then this from NBC, fear pervades Tennessee's trans community amid focus on Nashville shooter's gender identity. And here's a bit from that NBC article. It says, within 10 minutes of police saying that the suspect was transgender, the hashtag trans terrorism trended on Twitter. Around the same time, Republican lawmakers, including Senator J.D. Vance and uh, conservative firebrand Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, insinuated in social media posts that the shooter's gender identity played a role in the shooting. Well, no, that wasn't the, well, they may have insinuated, but actually it began with the police chief who, who strongly suggested that. Um, anyway, it says, and by Tuesday morning, the cover of the Rupert Murdoch-owned New York Post read, quote, transgender killer targets Christian school. Well, yeah, because that's what happened. Oh, so, so apparently what we're learning here is the New York Post had a headline that's just accurate. I mean, that's exactly what happened. Quote, we're terrified for the LGBTQ community here. Kim Spoon, a trans activist based in Knoxville, Tennessee, said more blood's going to be shed and it's not going to be shed in a school. Denise Sadler, a drag performer who's transgender, said that she had already hired four armed guards before uh, Monday's shooting to secure a drag show that she's hosting at a gay bar in Nashville this weekend. She, with uh, big air quotes around that, by the way, following the anti-trans rhetoric spawned by the shooting. Sadler said, quote, unquote, she is not planning to hire eight. You don't know if the shooter's gender identity is going to trigger a community of people who already hated us to come and try to shoot us to prove a point, Sadler said. At the end of the day, there's a lot of hurt going on. There's a lot of anger going on. There's a lot of confusion going on. Aislinn Bailey, the acting president of Tri-Cities Transgender, a trans-led support and advocacy group based in Johnson City, Tennessee, said that her, quote unquote, her initial reaction to news the suspect was transgender was fear. I knew that as soon as anyone mentioned that, it was immediately going to become the center focus instead of what should be the focus, and that's gun violence in this country, Bailey said. Well, that really sums it up, doesn't it? That sums it up. Six innocent people were massacred, and the first thought, the first thought, the first thing that he thought about, uh, the first thing this trans activist thought about was how this would affect him. His very first thought was concerned for himself. After hearing that three children and three school uh, staff members were murdered. Forget about the fact that the fears make no sense. Okay, Trans terrorism should be a cause of concern for those of us who oppose the trans movement, not for trans people themselves. And even aside from that, the narcissism is once again the point. Always points back to that. This is a movement of self-worship and self-obsession, a movement full of people who cannot see beyond themselves, people who cannot see the rest of the world, do not acknowledge the existence, really, of other human beings because they're constantly staring in the mirror, even if it is uh, oftentimes more of a funhouse mirror, constantly staring back into their own egos, obsessed with their own emotions and their own need for affirmation. That is what we learn here, though it is a lesson that we have already learned many times. Another article from the Daily Wire says a nine-year-old girl who was one of the three um, school children gunned down by the Nashville shooter inside a Christian school was desperately trying to stop the massacre by pulling on a fire alarm when she was murdered. 
And there, as I mentioned yesterday, there have been many uh, stories and reports of heroism inside the school, um, and uh, including one of the teachers that was that was killed was apparently running towards the shooter, trying to protect her children. Um, and in this case, it was uh, Evelyn who was running to pull the fire alarm to protect her uh, her classmates and you know, her school. Incredible bravery. Um, also infuriating because that little girl should not have been in a situation where she was called on to be heroic, um, which is why we need armed security in all the schools. It's uh, it's incredible to hear about the stories of teachers that are rushing at shooters, unarmed teachers rushing at shooters, small children that are acting to try to to try to protect their classmates. Um, these are heroic acts, but they shouldn't be in a position where they have to do that. Okay, the teachers shouldn't be in a position who that are who are unarmed shouldn't be in a position of having to throw themselves at armed assailants. Which is why, again, there needs to be there need to be guns in the school, guns that are carried by the good guys, armed security, armed teachers. We need all of that. And that's, you know, if that's not just apparent to, by now to everyone, then, then I, I, I don't know. At what point does it become clear? But of course, on the left, they go the other direction. Here's Randy Weingarten calling for the repeal of the Second Amendment in response to this. An epidemic that our great nation must solve. And how many lives will be shattered before... We have the courage to do what Scotland did, what Australia did, what New Zealand did, what other great democracies do. We must solve this epidemic. And that's up to us. Yeah, that's, uh, that is directly calling for the repeal of the Second Amendment and, uh, and a kind of unilateral disarmament. And it's not going to happen. Um, and you think, especially now, see, they, they, the way it works in their twisted heads is after an event like this, they think this is the, the perfect time to make this argument. People are going to be even more receptive to the propaganda because they're afraid of quote unquote gun violence. And so people are going to be even more willing to, uh, lay down their arms and get rid of their guns. But of course, for rational, normal people, it's exactly the opposite. Okay. We are not because we're Americans and we have rights and the Second Amendment does exist and it's not going to be repealed, um, we're not receptive to the idea of disarming in general. But we are the least receptive of all right after an event like this. Because this only highlights yet again why we need to be armed. It's a, it's just a, it's a very simple equation. Evil exists in the world. Evil people exist in the world. And if we ever encounter them, we, we don't want them to have the upper hand. That's it. That's all. 